All right. You start us off with a word of prayer. Sure. <clears throat> Dearly Father, we thank you so much for your grace in our lives. Thank you for the fact that we know the truth. We know the gospel. We know uh, we know you, even though you are immense, eternal. You should be so distant from us, and yet you've made yourself known to us, and we can know you and call you Father. And so we thank you for this. And we thank you that you allow us to serve you, allow us to use our gifts that you've given us for your glory. And so we thank you for uh, the opportunity to represent you in a world that hates you. Help us to be faithful. Help us to continue to grow in love for you and help us to be faithful to uh, serve you in the church. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in today with me uh, all the way from a far off place with a different time zone because I am up very early uh, to make sure that the uh, our guest today uh, doesn't have to wake up as early as me or stay up late. Uh, I'm up already. I was already up, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but this is great to have uh, Jordan Stanridge on the podcast with us this morning. How are you doing today, sir? Very well. Thank you. Awesome, man. You? I'm good, man. Thank you for asking. Hey, we're going to just jump right into it. Uh, and the reason why uh, we have you uh, or I wanted to have you on the podcast is just basically for the purpose of getting to know you a little better. Um, you know, you are one of the uh, missionaries that we uh, support uh, for Bellcroft Bible Church. So wanted to kind of just, you know, get to know you, understand who you are, get a get a live update from the field. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, your family, uh, you know, all those things, where you're from, all of those things. Sounds good. So my name is uh, Jordan Standridge. I'm a missionary in Rome, Italy. I came here about three years ago after spending six years at Emmanuel Bible Church in Springfield, Virginia, not too far from Belcroft. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I grew up in Rome, Italy as a missionary kid. So I grew up hearing the gospel uh, from my grandparents and my parents. Um, at about the age of 13, I, we stopped being missionaries. We came back to America. This was a very hard time for me. Uh, I got very depressed. I got very um, uh, just discouraged in life. And so... Um, I, I would wake up uh, many, many nights in the middle of the night, just crying, pacing the room, really strange stuff, especially my senior year in high school. And so this led me to decide to do a Bible school. Um, long story short, I went back to Italy for six months after graduation, high school graduation, took a year of sabbatical uh, to work and to go to a, a Bible school where I read the entire Bible in 10 weeks. Uh, I read the the entire Bible. And then we would go out and do evangelism. The first time in my life I did evangelism and the Lord used this uh, to, to change my life. Actually, a week before this, uh, John MacArthur was preaching at a conference in Italy and I was there as an attender, super depressed. And uh, I just remember hearing about God's sovereignty or being ready to hear about God's sovereignty for the first time, really. Mm. Uh, and and the Lord used that to not only to uh, change, to change my life in a sense, but also to shape the way I, I would read the Bible in the next 10 weeks, because I was starting the Bible school the week after. Mm -hmm. So I started reading Genesis to Revelation at a very fast pace, 10 weeks, uh, with with God's sovereignty in my mind. And mm -hmm. so uh, I saw it everywhere. I saw it in in, in Israel's history, and I saw it in um, in, in, in Christ and in, in, in every story. And so I was starting to see it in my own life. So things I was depressed about, sad about, 
um, I was now rejoicing over and the Lord was changing my heart towards uh, things uh, that happened in my life. And then uh, I started doing evangelism. And so my love for the gospel, uh, my love for the, the 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 souls I would talk to was growing exponentially. And my sadness over the condition of the souls that I was speaking to, especially being in Italy, talking to Roman Catholics, talking even to priests. Anytime I saw a priest, I would be lying to them because I was learning the Bible. So I was just curious to talk to uh, people, uh, especially those in authority and in churches. And so I would talk to these priests and I would just walk away crushed, mm -hmm. uh, by their, by their answers that, that were so shallow. And so, uh, they didn't understand, uh, what I, th what I was learning. And so, uh, it was just very eye opening. And so the Lord used these 10 weeks and then a few, a couple months after staying in Italy and evangelizing more and meeting missionaries and stuff to give me a desire for ministry. And so <clears throat> because I had met John MacArthur, uh, I was thankful for him. I decided to, uh, to go to the master's college. So mm -hmm. I moved out there and I was, uh, you know, a year after, uh, high school graduation, I started the, the, the university there and met my wife during the, the week, the week of welcome. So the first week of school we mm -hmm. met, we were in the same group and we ended up uh, starting to date a couple months later. And then we got married uh, a couple of years later. And so mm -hmm. we ended up, uh, I ended up starting seminary right away. Um, I met Matt White during this time. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just a, a great time learning from the pastors at Grace Church. In fact, I think Matt was the children's pastor at Grace Church at the time. Mm -hmm. I think we took a couple of classes together. Uh, so I was just uh, soaking in time of learning how to uh, how to do evangelism the right way, how to uh, be part of a church, serving a church. Uh, and when I graduated seminary, uh, that's when uh, Jesse Johnson, the pastor at Manual Bible Church in Springfield, Virginia, came out looking for resumes for a college pastor position. And so and so that's when I moved uh, to, to Virginia. I, I, I was uh, six years there. Um, and but every 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 year I would, uh, you know, one of the, one of the pastors wanted me to do a missions trip to Italy and take a team from Emmanuel mm -hmm. to, to Italy. And every time I would go, I would just feel this burden to, to come back here. Uh, I would just, you know, I, there's, there's, I don't know one pastor in the entire country, I guess. I don't know the Pentecostals that well, but I think they have bigger <laughs> churches, but I don't know one, one pastor in the entire country that's fully supported by his church. Yeah. Uh, and I was Emmanuel and we had like 10 pastors and we had, you know, 50 people on staff or more. And then we had a whole school, uh, fully staffed people. It's just, it's 35 elders in the elder room. It was just in insane. And so I would come back to this great life, Christian school, uh, big house, you know, just living the life in America. And I'd go back mm -hmm. to Italy once a year and, and see not only the churches are tiny, they're 30, 30, 40 people. Um, but uh there's there's just just there's just not many trained guys who are preaching the word and so mm -hmm. and so i had always wanted to go to italy as a missionary but um maybe maybe due to just uh needing to grow needing to grow in humility needing to grow in, in knowledge of how to do ministry I, I i felt like i needed to uh get some experience before coming to italy and, and wrecking this country and so i <laughs> I spent some time, you know, at Emmanuel, but every, every year it, it, my burden would grow more to the point where, um, about four years ago, I went up to my, our missions pastor and I said, I, I gotta go. And, uh, we went through the process of becoming missionaries with, uh, Grace Ministries International, which is out of Grace Community Church in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
And so three years ago, about three years ago, we moved to to Rome as missionaries, my my whole family. So we have four kids now, uh, Davide, Matteo, Nico, and Gabriella. They're 13, 11, 9, and 7 right now. And so mm. uh, it makes it easy to say. Um, mm. So, uh, we we yeah, we've been here for about three years. You know, it's crazy that it's three years um, because I remember when you you all were I remember you know the conversation about us supporting you and everything I'm like it's been three years already like it doesn't yeah. seem like it's been that long but yeah that's pretty crazy yeah, yeah yeah so uh of course I have a ton of questions from from what you were talking about so what what really because you said that you know of course the sovereignty of God is is amazing and it's wonderful uh it's weird to us a lot of times you were in Italy you heard a message from John MacArthur about God's sovereignty. And then the sovereignty of God led you to California to, you know, to, to be in, in, you know, in school there. Give me an uh, understanding. I I think that my question is, give me an understanding of what, like, why did you feel? Cause you were going, you went from depressed to, you know, this, this, uh, this, this feeling of, I really need to do ministry. So help me understand how you got from that place. And, and just to let you know, uh, Bellcroft is not a place of short stories. Like we're not a place of short stories. We we have pastor Matt White as our pastor. So there is no such thing as a short story. So. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So, you know, my, um, my my family situation was not the greatest. Uh, mm. My parents did not get along, and so in, in the context of the mission field, um, I think it makes it it makes it a little even more strange because we're in ministry and we're having uh, family issues at home. Mm. So uh, due to this, uh, I think my de- my depression was tied to um, family situation, but also just just extreme pride in my own life and wanting to. Uh, be loved and and being the center of the universe and mm-hmm. and nobody loves me as much as I love myself and so right. I'm never satisfied. You know, moving from a country like Italy to America is difficult. Um, it's just a it's just a different culture, different mentality, different different language. I when I came to America, I spoke with broken broken English. I didn't speak English too well, um, and so just fitting in was difficult. Um, <clears throat> but I think my my greatest uh, source of issues that uh, I was I was idolizing uh, myself and idolizing sports and trying to find fulfillment in these things and um, and they just couldn't satisfy and so um, and so <clears throat> I had made a promise at thirteen and it's a stupid promise but um, that I would never be a missionary but mm. and then there was a promise on top of that that if if I ever were a missionary I would definitely not be a missionary to Italy <laughs> and so and so. <clears throat> So, you know, coming so coming back to Italy at 18 with this, you know, with this desire to uh, this deep desire of knowing that there's something wrong inside my heart and that I need to I need to go to the word for for uh, to find the solution. Um, It was just a perfect storm of hearing uh, the Lord, uh, hearing, hearing about God's sovereignty and then being super curious and seeing it all over the the Old Testament. I remember one time I was um, I was we were reading through the Bible. I finally got to Matthew. So so we're at towards the end of the 10 weeks. 
uh, because we, we were reading Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Mm-hmm. And it's a 10 week, 10 week, uh, 10 week course uh, where you just read two hours a day. So, so I had gotten through the whole Old Testament, finally in the New Testament, and I'm reading the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're supposed to read fast. I mean, you're, you're supposed to read fast because it's, you know, you're supposed to read like, uh, two hours a day. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to read a good chunk of the Bible to be able to do it in such a fast, fast, uh, 10 weeks. And so, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the genealogy of Jesus and I see the name Rahab and I grew up in the church. I went to Sunday school. I probably already knew who Rahab was, but having just read about her just a few weeks before, and, and then seeing her in the genealogy of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, just, just like, I don't know. It just it just impacted me greatly. So I I, I like I couldn't keep reading. I like I stopped and I just started weeping just from the fact that God had taken um, a, a woman who was not was not a Jew and that had um, and that he had uh, saved her and then uh, used her and then also made her part of Jesus's genealogy. It was just was just mind it was just mind boggling to me. Probably because I was. I was going through this um, rethinking of my own life and mm-hmm. understanding that that God is the center of the universe and not me. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, I needed to realize this. I needed to realize God was um, the one I should be revolving my my life around and not the other way around. In fact, throughout these weeks, you kind I kind of went through the process of slowly realizing, you know, God is sovereign. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, week two, I started realizing, okay, this means that I have to serve him every day. I can't just serve him on Sunday. I can't just mm-hmm. serve him during these 10 weeks mm-hmm. when I, you know, then I started realizing, okay, well, it's, it's, it's really cool to share the gospel, man. I can't believe I get to do this. You know, then I would go, you know, uh, I would, I would love to go to, to, to college to study the Bible. I would love to maybe go to seminary. I would love to maybe be a pastor. I would love to, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, be a missionary. And then by the end of it, I was, I was thinking maybe it'd be cool to be a missionary to Italy, even though I had promised a few mm-hmm. years before that I would never be a missionary to Italy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a process of the Lord changing my heart. Um, first, first, uh, my own pride and then slowly, uh, giving me a desire to, to serve him. So. All right. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So, okay. So now you've moved over to you know, uh, to California, uh, the first week sovereignly, you meet your wife and then you go from there. Um, is this, so when you are in the States, when you were in the States with your parents, were you in Springfield or were you or in Virginia or? Yeah. So we moved to Florida. Ah, Okay. Uh, We moved to Bradenton, Florida. In fact, I I had about a six month gap to go to master's and, and, uh, John MacArthur was very gracious to, to give me a scholarship but it wasn't enough to make um, to to pay for the first year of college, and so mm-hmm. uh, we were. We, I mean, we weren't we weren't wealthy. We didn't, you know, my parents didn't really help me for college, so I had to pay for it myself. And so mm-hmm. I had about a six six month period where uh, I had to figure out a way to make twelve thousand dollars. And my brother was working as a waiter in Bradenton, Florida, making about two thousand dollars a month. So my, in my mind, my simple mind was like. I got to go be a waiter because that's where you make $2,000 a month. And so, mm-hmm. so um, and so I started applying for jobs. I, I tried out for Outback Steakhouse. They didn't even have busboy jobs available. I tried um, uh, Applebee's. I remember, I remember just different ones I applied to nothing. They had nothing. And so I even went to Carabas or Olive Garden too. 
And I wrote that I spoke Italian. They could care less, man. Those are not Italian restaurants, by the way. Um, uh. And so, and so I looked up in the yellow pages. There was a restaurant called uh, Villa Bruno Ristorante Italiano, and I was like, "Oh, that's got an Italian name. So I'm gonna try this one." I put on my suit. I went into the, I went into the restaurant. Uh, it was closed. It was uh, they weren't open at lunch. But I went through the back, and there was an old guy sitting at a desk. And so I poked my head in. I said, "Hey." Uh, are you guys hiring? Do you guys have any waiter jobs available? And he goes, he goes, uh, no, sorry, we don't. It was a very thick Italian accent. So immediately I said in Italian, posso avere un lavoro? And he said, you're hired. Ah. And in an instant, <laughs> I had this job as a Italian, as a, as a, at an Italian restaurant, as a, as a waiter Wait, at a very Italian restaurant. What does that mean? Possibly that a lavoro? Is that what you said? What's that? I don't, oh, don't, don't make oh, me Villa repeat Bruno, it. <laughs> Villa Bruno, it means uh, Bruno's his name and Villa is uh, is a mansion. And so the Bruno's mansion, I- Italian restaurant. That's no, but, no, but you said, oh. you said, you, you said oh, that he, posso yeah. Un lavoro. yeah, may have a job, but I said uh, it with, with an Italian accent, you know, an Italian without an American accent. So gotcha. he immediately hired me and he, uh, and you know, he was obviously, he, he, uh, we had a cool relationship. He wanted to talk. He wanted to speak Italian to somebody. And so he ended up, you know, just speaking to me in Italian all the time. So every night we would even even uh, dine together sometimes and he would speak Italian to me. So I think Ooh. he was just an Italian guy wishing to speak more Italian. And so he hired a, a right. young kid. So the Lord used that to make almost exactly $12,000 so I could go to master's that first year. So that was. That's awesome, man. Cool. So as far as um, as far as your. uh um, the, the ministry that you have there in Italy, um, yeah. what are, what, what does that look like as far as like what you all are? Actually, I should ask this question first. I'm going to ask another question first before I get to that part. Uh, it's Italy, you know, it's Rome. So, uh, what is the, the, the spiritual atmosphere there? You, you mentioned earlier that you see a priest and you go and, you you beeline to him, you know. Um, what is it? What what is it like there as far as the, the spiritual atmosphere? Yeah. So <clears throat> historically, mission uh, organizations call Italy uh, they call it Japan and Italy the the graveyard of missionaries. Uh, they, mm-hmm. They're in in missionary in missionary agencies. Mines the two of the hardest fields, uh, mainly due to um, just um, a lack of fruit. And so very few people get saved and, and possibly the, 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 the spiritual uh, climate in these countries, especially, you know, Italy is, is very, um, very shallow and very uh, dark. Um, you know, Spur- uh, I think it was Spurgeon who called uh, Roman Catholicism, the devil's masterpiece mm. uh, because, because it has, it has all the language of Christianity and it has many of the same words but they mean entirely different things. Uh, and having been here now, um, I can I, I I see both I see both sides. I see why it's called uh, why it's a graveyard of missionaries, and and why um, <clears throat> and why it's such so spiritually dark. Uh, it's me, the graveyard of missionaries want, also to, because of. I'm yeah. sorry. I want to tell you something real quick that yeah. I just realized. It's it's completely ironic. I would say uh-huh. that your family. And the Risden family, which is the missionaries we support in Japan, huh. are both on the calendar together. Oh, wow, in, nice. 
in October. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is uh, pray harder, pray harder in October then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I I don't I don't know much about Japan, but I know Italy is very culturally uh, difficult to assimilate into for a missionary, uh, and so it's it's. Um, it's it's almost you know I could tell you so many stories I don't know how much time you guys have but uh, we but we love stories bring it it's a very <laughs> uh, difficult country to even to move to okay. uh, obviously now I have to be cognizant of the fact that I moved here in the middle of COVID so mm. that might make it a little more difficult um, but it's a country that is designed to not have people move to so uh, I'll give you I'll give you a couple examples. Um, there is a thing. There's a social security number that Italy has, just like in America, mm-hmm. a little bit different. It works a little differently, but it's, you know, the concept is similar and you can't move to Italy. You can't get this social security number unless you have residents in the in the country, a, a, a permanent residence. Well, you can't get a permanent residence unless you have this social security number. And so even moving to Italy is impossible. Uh, I didn't know this at the time. And so um, but. But it's 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 pretty much the the country is so uh, run so poorly I should say I could say that mm-hmm. that moving there is 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 pretty much illegal because mm-hmm. of this loophole where you can't get one thing without the other and you can't get the other thing without this thing it just makes it uh, bureaucratically uh, one of the one of the in fact you know in some ways even they admit it that the bureaucratically it's one of the laughing stocks of the world because it's just a country that um that, that in many ways doesn't make sense there so so I, I found out also like when you get your driver's license here in Italy uh even though you've had it for 20 years in America they don't count that and so you have to start over like you're an 18 year old uh, and then wow. for the first year of being here, you can't drive a car that is more powerful uh, than I think it's like 75 horsepower. And so <laughs> you have a family of six. You can't drive any car legally in Italy in the first year unless, um, you know, unless it's 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 less than than this horsepower. So there's there are zero cars in the entire country and the entire world that I that I know of. That are, that are that are less powerful enough than a car for six people. So, um, so these are just a couple examples of 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 you know what makes it so difficult to, from a from a bureaucratic standpoint. And then getting you know opening a bank account and all these things it takes it takes days in America. It takes weeks here. It takes months here. So, hmm. um, so it's just a, it's just a difficult country culturally wise. It's difficult because. Um, uh, it, you know, it's a socialist country, uh, border aligning on communists in some ways. And so, mm. so it's, it's just, uh, it's difficult from that standpoint. Um, uh, it's difficult because, uh, people, people lie to your face and are, and are trying to cheat, to cheat you, which I'm sure happens, happened to me in America, but it's much more noticeable here. Uh, so it's just, it's just a difficult, um it's just difficult uh from a from a cultural standpoint schooling's different people teachers yell at the kids more um and and, and so in, in for those reasons it's been it's been the graveyard of missionaries in some ways where uh 90% of missionaries quit before reaching year 4 so mm. typically you go on a furlough after 4 years in mm-hmm. in you know, historic mission mission organizations they would they would uh, instead of going on furlough, they would move back to America 
and ninety yeah. percent of missionaries who came with the desire to stay long term. It wasn't just a short term mission kind of thing. It was they were planning on dying in Italy one day or, or retiring uh, from Italy, uh, but they they quit before reaching year four. Mm. And the the bureaucratic and the the cultural thing is is a main thing, but the spiritual darkness is probably um, the greatest the greatest reason why missionaries quit. Just people don't get saved. Yeah. 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 And that was my next question. What what do you mean by spiritual darkness? Yeah. So the the Roman Catholic Church, uh, uh, you know, it it would take uh, many podcasts to to dive into the Mm. Roman Catholic Church and what makes it spiritually dark. Um, But like any word works based religion, it causes people uh, to to develop um, a minimization of sin, first of all. So they uh, they minimize sin and they think that they can overcome sin by simply doing a few steps uh, like the sacraments or like um, <clears throat> like uh, uh, rituals or, or memorized prayers. And so it, it brings spirituality to an exterior shallow shallowness that causes you to uh, uh, to minimize sin to the point where I've heard many people say, I, I can simply confess it on Sunday to the priest or, or the next next week to the priest. Mm. And so it, it gives you an excuse to to sin in many ways. Um, and 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 then obviously it, it brings incredible spiritual pride in, in the heart of a person, because if you're declaring that one day you'll stand before God and the God of the universe who's holy and just is going to let you in based on how you acted, based on what you did. It, it leads it leads people to um uh, to to think that they are god to think that they are at the level that god requires to be able to enter into heaven and this is it's very dangerous for a, for an entire country to develop this kind of thought mm. uh, so uh, but there's so much more roman catholicism was started you know um it, you know it didn't just start all of a sudden it kind of it kind of became uh, it morphed into it, and, mm-hmm. and obviously it was begun with Constantine when he did the Edict of Milan and declared everybody Christian overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only did he legalize Christianity, he told everybody, you know, Rome is a Christian, is a Christian, uh, is a Christian empire, and so mm-hmm. uh, people woke up the next day. The day before, they were worshiping the the Lady of the Forest, and then all of a sudden, they're told that they're Christian. Uh, and so I was just talking to a, histor- uh, a, a, a Roman Catholic who says he's Roman Catholic, but he's into history. And he's the one who said uh, that many of these pagans who became Christian overnight, uh, that the Catholic Church, in order to accommodate them, allowed into Roman Catholicism many of these pagan practices. Mm. And so something simple like worshiping Mary, we just say the word worshiping Mary. Obviously, they would they would have a problem with saying the word worshiping, but they would use the word venerate Mary. Um, you know, where did that come from? Why did that just start all of a sudden? Well, it was a more, it was a morphing of this, this, this uh, spiritual practice of worshiping nature, worshiping this lady of the forest, to, for example. And then it just made its way into Roman Catholicism to the point where now Mary is, is almost at the level of the Trinity. Um, and so <clears throat> Uh, these are just some examples, um, a bit all over the place. But, uh, oh no, you're 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 right in line. I appreciate that because I did not know that. I mean, I thought it was more or less because of the fact that she 
uh, is, you know, it was Jesus's mother that they actually worship her. But for you to say that it was because of the pagan practices, you know, that's that's pretty eye opening. Yeah, obviously, you're going to try to justify it through through scripture. And so you're Mm going to going to try to find some scripture that talks about it. You know, I was just preaching the the miracle of uh, tr- changing water into wine. I'm preaching through John right now at, at our, our new church plant here. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's quite obvious that Jesus is rebuking Mary in this in this passage. And as I'm thinking through it, I'm thinking through Roman Catholicism takes this passage to prove that you can't pray straight to Jesus, but you got to pray to Mary because Jesus is more likely to do what you want if if you go to Mary first and mm-hmm. Mary then as a mother goes to Jesus and asks him to do it for you. And mm-hmm. so there, you know, there's, there's very few scriptures in the Bible that talk about Mary and, uh, and explain anything, you know, about Mary. Uh, and this is the passage they go to, to prove their whole system of praying the hail Mary and praying to Mary instead of directly to God. And so, um, you know, preaching this passage, I'm like, you know, it's, it's so clear. Jesus is is actually stiff arming Mary, and he's almost, mm. in a sense, rebuking her for uh, for te- for asking him to do something, uh, you know. And so it's just it's just really mind boggling to me how, you know, they can base a whole uh, system on, on on this verse. But I think it's because, uh, you know, it's a, it's well, Roman Catholicism is is based on a three legged stool of tradition. The magisterium, which would include the the pope and the cardinals and and the priests, and then and then scripture, and so you have this three legged school on which the whole church stands, uh, and what happens is scripture, which we would believe is the only uh, leg that the church should stand upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if you actually raise tradition and the magisterium to the level of scripture, you're not you're not bringing it up to scripture. You're actually bringing scripture down. And the scripture becomes a lesser, uh, secondary, um, you know, um, you know, thing that that you use just to justify your tradition and and what the Pope wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing with Mary. When you raise Mary and you raise saints to a higher level than God intended, then what happens is you're not you're not just raising man; you're actually lowering God. And so mm-hmm. the Father, the Holy Spirit, and and Christ take a low, become lower, and become more manlike when you raise when you raise humans to their level there's there's a room at the vatican this comes to my mind right now uh when you go visit the vatican there's a there's a room i call it the mary worship room where mary is there's a statue of mary in the center of the room and on the four walls there's four huge paintings and the 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 scenes are depictions of mary and and you see her and and her head is a bit higher there's the father depicted which is kind of strange and Mm -hmm. jesus and then Mary is a little bit higher, and you see mm. it on all four walls, uh, where Mary is the highest point in the entire in the entire on all four walls. Mm. Um, you know, it's just uh, you know, and again, tradition and uh, the magisterium supersede scripture, um, and and that's that causes all the confusion. Yeah, uh, understandably, because that yeah, I I'm in shock right now. I I think. The other question that I had, too, uh, because you were mentioned in the history of uh, Catholicism, how did Rome become the center of Catholicism? Like, is that because of Constantine or like, how did that actually happen? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the Pope, um, 
Well, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, I was invited to um, to an event uh, for this this show called The Chosen, um, and <laughs> it's uh, it was interesting because I thought that the the director would be here, um, but because I thought he was an evangelical and they were inviting evangelicals to come to a meeting. But it turned out that it was a, it was like a Roman, almost a Roman Catholic event. So I was like one of the only, mm. me and my dad, the only Protestants uh, in in this room, you know, other than another guy that I found out about later. But wow. Uh, and then and then the the actor that plays Jesus showed up. Um, but that's another story. But I, I sat at the table with the press with the assistant to the press secretary of the Vatican, um, and it was super interesting. Because he's a he's a monsignor, which is a it's a very high priest in the Catholic Church. He's the third in command, really, uh, in in the Vatican. Mm. And and so it was it was clear to me. I, I asked him a thousand. He, he regretted sitting at my table, I'm sure, but I asked him a thousand yeah. questions. But it was obvious that this is a political. This is a, he's a politician. You know, he might be a priest. He might have this little white collar. But at the end of the day. He's a politician. Every answer he gave me, he would give me, you know, that he seemed like uh, he seemed like, uh, I don't know. I I, I don't know who uh, a Maryland uh, politician is, but he seemed like Ted Cruz answering the questions or whoever. I, I, I forget wow. who's in Maryland, but, um, yeah. you know, it's just really interesting. Uh, his answers and they're not, they're not based on the Bible or scripture. They were just based on trying to save the Pope's face or save, you know, uh, I don't know. So so it's very interesting that Rome, in a sense, is a political Roman Catholicism is a political organization. The 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 Pope uh is is the the head of an of a country, the you know, the the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Um and so um it's 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 uh in a sense it's it's not just a spiritual organization, but it's political. Uh and Rome became the 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 center of it because that's where the Pope is. And that's where the church was started. And in a sense, when Peter came, they would say Peter became the first Pope and, and pastored from Rome. And then ever since he left a succession of, of, um, <clears throat> of, of, of Roman Catholic Popes. And so, um, in fact, it's, it's not just called Catholic, it's called Roman Catholic for a reason. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's born and bred from, from Rome mm. and then spread through the world. And so, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If you're, if if your church needs to have a press secretary, <laughs> then you know that yeah. it's not a church. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly. that's pretty eye opening. Um, especially when you have and and you said it, it's like it was it was political. Like every answer you had was a political answer. Um, that's that's pretty pretty interesting. So you, we've gone over the spiritual atmosphere, how things are, the, the darkness. You explained that. Now, what are what are you doing now? Like, what is your um, you said you preached? What are, what are you doing now? Uh, you know, there as as a missionary, what is kind of like your job and all those types of things? Yeah, so when we when we moved here, we uh, we moved here um, with the desire to help help my wife. Many, uh, one of the things that I didn't say is many of the missionaries quit many, many times because of the wife, not not learning the language. Missionaries are are required to begin working right away. The men, the male, the men are, are are required to start preaching right as fast as possible and start doing mm-hmm. ministry historically in the mission organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and due to a little bit to my family situation, I really wanted to make sure my wife, especially since she was the one that didn't spoke, speak Italian yet, my kids didn't speak Italian. 
was for the first year to really focus on, on them. And so uh, she went to language school while I was mainly taking care of the home the first year. Um, and so that was what we did the, the, the first year while attending two churches. Um, it just worked out this way. This is not recommendable. You shouldn't go to two churches. You should go to one. But as a missionary, it's a unique situation. Um, you're trying to learn Italian. You're trying to learn the culture. And so we went to a church in the morning uh, that they only met in the morning, um, which which my grandfather had started 50 years ago. Um, and, and then in the evening, my dad uh, had, had started a church uh, on the other side of Rome. And so we would go there in the evening because they met in the evening. They didn't meet in the morning. So it just worked out perfectly that we could attend both uh, just to get to know as many uh, people as we could. You know, the, the morning church had about 60 people and the evening church had about 30 people at the time. And so less, you know, two churches had less than 100 people. Um, but, you know, it was really good for us to hear two sermons in Italian and then um, just get to know many people. And while we were... Uh, at the morning church, we kind of reconnected with some people I grew up with many years before. Two fa two two families, two sisters that have now married uh, and had families who live in the area I am in now, on the mm. other side of Rome from the morning church. Mm. So we're talking uh, uh, we're talking west coast uh, of Rome, and they live all the way in the east coast, more than an hour drive when there's traffic you know, 40 minute drive without traffic. And so uh, they had been coming to this church for 15, 20 years. Um, and so they've always had a desire to plant a church in the area uh, where, I, where I'm in now. Uh, and as we reconnected, we started attending their Bible study. There were a few, they were young couples. So we started getting to know them. Uh, we started, uh, <clears throat> one of the men was an, had just become an elder at the church and was a good, a good preacher and attending uh, the TMAI training center here in, in Italy. Um, TMAI. TMAI. Yeah. What so is that? A, oh, uh, the master's Academy international. So it's, it's still in the context of grace community church, Los Angeles, grace, uh, grace ministries international, which is my mission organization. Uh, and so they, they, uh, their goal is to start training centers all over the world. Many master seminaries, I guess, in a, in a sense. Right. Uh, and so uh, there's there's one in Italy. It's small. There's very few students, but but they've started. It's been it's been around for many years now. Uh, in fact, it was in this context that MacArthur we came to preach that many years ago mm -hmm. at that at that conference. And then uh, Mark Zakevich, I don't know if you know him. He was just here a few weeks ago. Uh, he's the, he's the He's a professor at the master's seminary. And so many, many of these pastors come out here. Um, but he was attending classes here. And so we started connecting. We started talking. We started uh, thinking about the possibility of starting a church in this area of Rome. Um, <clears throat> and so with the elders of this church and obviously my elders and my, my mission organization, uh, we decided to move to this area of Rome. It's very unchurched. Uh, there's very few churches uh, especially in our specific area um, where it's very high crime and very low income uh, housing, you know, very poor area, many, many immigrants as well. Um, there are no churches here. And so we're, uh, there's a few, um, I guess, immigrant churches that are not in Italian, um, but very few, uh, if any, you know, there's a couple Pentecostal churches. Sometimes I, I just don't, I, for some reason, I don't count them. I don't mm. know why, but, um, uh, you know, a lot of the Pentecostals here don't, don't, you know, they're, they're prosperity gospel. And so they don't, they don't teach the, the true gospel. And so, um, 
And so we decided together to move to this area about a year ago. And so we moved here and we started an evening service in our home. Um, and then we got a, a location right on the street, um, right, uh, you know, as, a, as one of the shops on the street. We have a car wash beside us. We have um, a bedding, a, a soccer bedding place next to us. We have a, a, a bar, which is not a bar where you drink alcohol. It's a bar where you drink coffee. That's what they call them here. They call them bars. So it's like a uh. Starbucks. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they have all kinds of things on this. And then there's us, an evangelical church. Uh, and people have, let me just say, people have never met an evangelical. Most, I, I shouldn't say, most people in Italy have never talked to an evangelical before. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, let alone heard the gospel. And so, um, I remember one lady came in saying, What are you guys trying to figure out what we are? And I said, You know, we're evangelicals, you know, we, you know, we're, we're Protestants. And, and so we're, we, we, you know, I tried to explain the gospel a little to her and all of a sudden she stops me. She goes, she goes, no one's going to come. Mm. You're wasting your time. No one's going to come. And I was like, well, you know, and now I'm trying to explain God's sovereignty to her. I'm giving a little, a little crash course on, on how God's sovereignty works. And so we're mm -hmm. kind of just trusting him. And she, she interrupts me and she says, you're wasting your time. No one's going to come. You could have done something useful, like open another hair salon, because there was a hair salon here. <laughs> and so she kind of got me. She kind of offended, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, ma'am, you're gonna die one day, and you're not gonna take your hair with you. But you are, <laughs> yes. And so, and so then I, <laughs> so, so, but that's been the res the response by many people walking by. They they have never. They don't know what an evangelical is. They think we're Jehovah's Witness, you know. So you're mm -hmm. having to. You're having to explain. You're having to. You're going back to the basics. It's, it's um, <clears throat> it's been really fascinating. So we moved to this area, uh, and our goal is to start a church. So, um, so we're evangelizing. We're we're preaching the word. We meet together on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Thursday nights Bible study. Tuesdays men's and women's Bible study. Um, teaching more than I've ever I've ever taught in my in my life. Uh, when you're at Emmanuel, you have ten pastors. You kind of divide up the teaching, and so. Mm -hmm. uh, but here, uh, it's it's a lot of work, and so it's 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 just mainly that I'm learning how to do audio ministry. I'm mm. learning how to do uh, YouTube ministry, uh, posting videos, splicing videos. I've never, I, it's nothing. I, it was things I had never done before. But as a church planter, um, it's kind of necessary these days, and so uh, I've had to uh, learn how to uh, how to buy a a a, a location, uh, how to how to work with the taxes and the bureaucracy and it takes a there's a lot of moving parts and so we mm -hmm. have a few people that come and so meeting with them once a week uh, just just I, I don't know i'm just i'm just a pastor I'm get, i do what matt white does mm -hmm. for you guys over here and so um so i guess i guess that's that's the answer is is i'm just uh, i'm just doing what i did in america only here although in some ways it it's a little bit more there's a lot of things that are a little more time consuming when you're starting from the ground up and so mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's uh that's a that's a big thing, man, um, especially starting, you know, from from where you were, you know, uh, the the hair salon idea uh, was that's 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 completely hilarious that she's like, well, you should. She probably walked in to get her hair done. Maybe you all are starting a new hair salon. But well, I'll tell you what, this hair, this hair salon was uh, this this location was under sequester by the police for two years because the people were selling drugs from this location. Ah. This place had been uh, empty for two years. In fact, the owner couldn't sell it because the the police had taken over. Uh, finally, they they released it and they were able to sell it. 
Um, and so, <clears throat> so they were curious what was going to come in probably mm. for a couple of years. And, uh, and then they were surprised to find out that an evangelical <laughs> was, was taken over. So, um, wow. That, yeah, most that... people have, yeah. So when I, uh, I, I was getting a haircut, a different place way in the other place, uh, other side of Rome. And, um, you know, most people I talked to, I said, I was, um, it's really easy for me to share the gospel because I just tell them I moved from America to Italy. Why'd you move from America to Italy? We all want to move there. And, and and then I just say, you know, I'm a pastor and I'm an evangelical pastor. Most people have no idea what that is. And so they ask, well, what is it? What's the difference? And so then I just share the gospel. Uh, one guy goes, I know exactly what a pastor is. And I was like, oh, wow. One of the first. Okay. Well, what do you, what, what, can you tell me what you think it is? He goes, oh yeah, no, I watched a show called seventh heaven. Mm. Um, and the, the guy in the, the show Seventh Heaven is is a pastor, I guess. But I, I remember watching that show a few times when I was a kid. And I don't remember <laughs> him explaining what a pastor is. So that was pretty funny. Well, uh, he based what a pastor was on that show. So Yeah, uh, definitely not what you should do. <laughs> but I, I also <laughs> want you to kind of give some clarification because yeah. uh, I don't know how I don't know if you know what the atmosphere is in America, but the, the word or the title of evangelical. Yeah. Uh, has not been getting the best, uh, no, I, I'd say the best screen time, I would say. So uh, can you yeah. kind of give, you know, what um, you mean by that? Yeah, in Italy, um, in Italy, um, evangelical just means those those who believe the gospel. Mm. Uh, so there there is not any political, um, you know, political uh, connotation to it at all. Um mm -hmm. I actually wrote an article about this on on the cripple gay. I don't know. It's a blog that I I, con I contribute uh, contribute to um, when I was at Emmanuel, especially. Um, <clears throat> I wrote an article called "Only Evangelicals Go to Heaven," um, and it's 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 actually a term that I think, you know, it, it sums up what we are perfectly. And there, I I almost I almost regret the fact that um that has taken a political spin because many mm -hmm. of the people that that the that you know that cnn or fox news say are evangelicals are not evangelicals yeah when evangelicals can say that they don't uh they can't understand the gospel or um <clears throat> or um you know that they don't believe angels are real or the devil is real and they 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 do these uh you know these surveys for evangelicals then that that's obvious that these people are not evangelical because being mm -hmm. evangelical means you have to believe the gospel but also be transformed by the gospel mm -hmm. uh and so the world you know hijacked the term but it's also like they they've hijacked the, the term marriage that doesn't mean we stop saying the word marriage we just mm -hmm. take the opportunity to define it mm -hmm. uh, and so and so you know one way you can you can uh, you can do it is is you can say I'm an evangelical, but not that kind of evangelical, and that gives mm -hmm. you such an easy way to explain the gospel mm -hmm. because then they're like, oh, what kind of evangelical are you? And you and you just explain I'm the real evangelical, and I believe the gospel, and here's the gospel. I think I think it's actually an opportunity. You using that word is an opportunity to 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 preach the gospel to people who um, who would otherwise not hear it, and so mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. That's not a great answer, but <laughs> no, but that that's good because, you know, we you know, here we we hear that term and it's 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 pretty much a turn off to some people now. You know, they don't want to be associated with that term. 
just because of the negative connotation that has been given. Um, I kept hearing you use it and I'm like, that's a different, it's a different culture, you know, because is, you know, most people there I would imagine are just Roman Catholic and to have somebody that's Protestant, you know, open a church in a place where it was a beauty salon that sold drugs, you know, and then they say yeah. they're evangelical. It's like, wait a minute, you know, that, that kind of, that, that kind of puts my American brain in a twist. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to yeah, kind of no, understand that's helpful. it. That's helpful. I didn't even think about that. I, and also because I actually love the term and I, I wish we wouldn't give it up so easily, but um, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say in Italy, there is no political connotation to it. it mm-hmm. It's simply a belief a, a spiritual a spiritual word and so it's still for now i don't know if one day but but again you got to remember that in a in a city of five million people you know somebody said recently that there are probably less than a thousand born again believers in it mm. and so and so evangelicals so it's not like you know we have some kind of you know voting voting uh power uh, here uh mm-hmm. there, there's so few of us there are more jehovah's witness than us there are, uh the chances that you'll meet a evangelical christian before you die are very low um you know and let alone hear the gospel and so um yeah, yeah. so it's just a whole different culture concept yeah I mean, so, and you yeah. also mentioned pentecostals i mean yeah i i i I definitely understand why you would forget about the Pentecostal churches because they're they're probably just using an exported version of the American gospel anyway. So, uh, yeah. what what do you can can you kind of define that as well? That Pentecostal church that you were referring to? Yeah, they, they define it in the sense like the pers- like um. What do you mean by the? Def- you you just mean by defining the church as a whole or? No, the Pentecostal. You mentioned Pentecostal churches that are around you. Um, yeah. So, what are, what is that? Yeah. So many of these churches would would uh, believe that the gifts are still in use today, and so they would uh, be very focused on uh, experience, and um, <clears throat> the preaching would co- become a little bit more secondary, and it would be more the experience of of of, of um, doing the miraculous gifts. So preaching in tongues, uh, speaking in tongues, and um and doing miracles and and uh going outside of scriptural for for revelation um and so um but there's not there's not that many but there are there's probably the the highest number of people who would consider themselves non-roman catholic uh and and maybe protestant or maybe more on the evangelical side of things would be pentecostals in italy mm. okay so, wow so okay these churches can even reach a thousand people um, and they'll have even TV TV channels, for example. Um, but again, then the preaching is shallow, and and it's more about the experience and um, doing the miracles. So, hmm. wow. Well, yeah, I, and I have a a curious question. This goes back to your time at Masters. Um, John MacArthur did a series on the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. Were you? Did you happen to be there during that time when he did uh, that series? Do you remember? I I I don't know. I don't remember. It, it okay. rings a bell, but I might have listened to it and not been there. So okay, I, 
You'd have to tell me the year and I could tell you for sure. I don't even know the year. John MacArthur, I I had to go back and listen to his voice because if his voice was higher pitched and it was, you know, a certain amount of years ago. But I I don't remember. I listened to most of those sermons and that kind of gave me uh, a good historical foundation on understanding the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, You have expanded that more. So I was just curious if you were there at that time. Uh, Rumor, uh, a word on the street. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll just say I I learned a lot, a lot from MacArthur. So I'm sure. Right. I'm sure some, some, you know, most of what I say, I learned at the Master's Seminary from from these guys. So so nothing's original with me. So I've learned everything from these guys. So yeah, Uh, some some from experience being here evangelizing, but um but most from from those guys. So yeah, good. So as we're wrapping up, uh, can you kind of give us an understanding or uh, just give us like a, a prayer list? What can we pray for uh, for you all as you all are doing ministry there? Yeah, like I like I said, people <clears throat> people just uh, it's a very hard ground here in in Rome. So uh, as you try to start a church, very few people get saved. There's a couple of missionaries very faithful missionaries with my mission organization up in Genova. They've been there for seven years now and they've seen zero converts. They haven't, they haven't seen anybody come to know the Lord and they evangelize a ton. They they mm. do a great job evangelizing, being faithful. I know a guy, one of the pastors has been meeting with a guy for over four years now, maybe more. And, and he just, he's Catholic and he just hard, hard hearted, but he still meets with him. So there's hope. I mean, uh, the, the Lord can change a heart in an instant. And so, um, but it's a very difficult place, place to do ministry. So um, I guess, I guess when you think about that, you, there's different things you can pray for. You can pray for people to be saved. Only God can open the hearts and minds of people. And so um, we can preach the gospel faithfully, but it's got the Lord that opens up hearts. Um, so just uh, pray for salvation of souls, uh, pray that we will have the right motivation for why people would be saved because, uh, I don't want it to be because I want to, to say, I, I, I started a successful church in Rome. We want people to be saved, uh, because it's, it glorifies God. We want to see the Lord open up eyes of the blind. And so we want to see the Lord be glorified. And so, uh, pray, pray for us to have the right motivation the patience the the, uh, the 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 enthusiasm the desire to see people be saved we we started a children's ministry that recently we we decided to pause because kids weren't coming to it and mm-hmm. so that's discouraging it's hard on our team um mm-hmm. you know it's it, and so we're going to try other things but again it's not what it's not a pragmatic thing it's just uh <clears throat> the lord opens up the eyes of the blind and so we uh we want to confide in him and trust in him. And um, so, so pray for the salvation of souls, pray um, for uh, our team to continue to be unified and uh, grow spiritually and uh, <clears throat> pray for the visitors we've had to, uh, to have the right motives and coming to, to be assets uh, for the church uh, to be, uh, to have a, a mindset of an evangelistic mindset uh, um <clears throat> um pray for our family our, our my my family our four kids um my wife you know we we're, we're all doing very well but it's difficult to be in a different country and so uh, still still now and so just uh, pray for us as we uh, continue to grow and and uh continue to to live in in this country um at the end of the day it's 
pretty much the same as any other missionary of the prayer request, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the, the new church, the new church plan is a yeah. big thing, you know, yeah. um, there, I mean, we, we get, we, we pray for our missionaries at least once a month, uh, corporately. Um, but we have a list that goes out, uh, for all of our missionaries that gives us like detailed things. Like we support the Baltimore, um, mission here and they're like specific like hey uh yeah. the, the 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 van went out so oh, we need yeah. to pray for you know a new motor or whatever the case may be so yeah. no it's it's you know being very specific is is great you know um but i, uh, I get it go ahead i'm let sorry me throw a name at you let me throw you a, a name it's uh, a name you know i i've been you know over the years you kind of you, you you know you evangelize a lot of people and so you throwing out a name is a bit you know, like the, if the Lord wants to save him, he'll save him. It, you know, it's kind of hard. Uh, <clears throat> but there's a guy named Gianluca who's been coming for about two months now. He comes pretty faithfully. Uh, I've met with him a couple of times now and um, shared the gospel. He he understands. He brought up the fact that if this is true, then that means that his parents are probably his, his dad is in hell, for example, mm. uh, because he did not believe the gospel and he did not believe in the Bible. And so, um, and so it's really interesting to watch his, you know, to see him put, putting two and two together. Um, and so, <clears throat> um, he came to our, we, you know, the first Sunday of the month we do, uh, we just do the Sunday morning service and then we eat lunch together as a church. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so he stayed for that. He, you know, he stayed the whole time. He texted me this morning, thanking me, uh, for the great day yesterday. So, um, but he clearly, has said that he hopes he can be a Christian halfway because mm. he wants to hold on to his, not his Catholicism, but he wants to hold on to his sin really of, you know, uh, I won't get into it here, but he, you know, he's just involved with some sin that he doesn't want to get rid of. Mm. Uh, and so he wants to be a half Christian and I, you know, and I'm preaching through John right now. So I'm really emphasizing uh, you can't be a half Christian. You know, it's a whole, it's your whole heart. God wants, Jesus wants your whole heart. Um, and so, <clears throat> and so he gets it, he understands. Um, and so I would, I would ask for a specific prayer for him, for Gianluca, that the Lord would save him, uh, transform his heart and that he would, he would become part of the church, be baptized and, and serve the Lord. So, um, and that name is that John, is like John Luke. Like if you said it in, in yeah, John English. Luke, yeah, John, uh, yeah, G I A N G I A N. And then Luca, like L-U-C-A. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. John, John is Giovanni, so it's a whole different. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. There's well, a few yeah, names man. that start with John here. So, okay. but I, you know, I, I, you know, with the kids' sports, the kids play a lot of sports, so I go and I talk to dads and, you know, I talk to, you know, there's a lot of names I could give you, but mm -hmm. this is probably the most, uh, you know, the the one who's actually coming to church and, and actually understood seems to understand the gospel and the implications of the gospel, but hasn't given his life to the Lord yet. So, yeah. Uh, so, well, no. yeah, I appreciate that, man. So, yeah, I, 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 I asked you to do the gospel for us at the end, but I, as I thought about it, one of the things that we uh, used to do, we need to get back to is we actually have people do it in different languages. So okay. since you speak just a little bit of Italian, I figured yeah. that you could probably do the gospel, you know, give us the gospel in Italian 
and then uh, just kind of just do it in English. So uh, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I would imagine that you have probably done this more times than I would ever imagine. So if you could, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ in Italian, and it doesn't have to be exactly the same, you know, just, yeah. just do it for it in English for us. Sure. In Italiano, okay. Eh, il Vangelo è una buona notizia ed è la notizia che Dio eh, ti dà la possibilità di essere salvato dal tuo peccato. Eh, è una buona notizia che tu puoi essere salvato non tra tanti mesi, tra tanti anni, dopo aver fatto tante cose per, per aver cercato di guadagnare l'amore di Dio, ma in un istante Lui ti può eh, donare un cuore nuovo e tu puoi essere salvato. Eh, però il modo per essere salvato è di pentirti del tuo peccato e eh, credere in Gesù Cristo. Dio è santo, perfetto, eh, il suo standard per entrare nel cielo è la perfezione. Eh, e così eh, quando vediamo i cuori dell'uomo vediamo che siamo peccatori non possiamo arrivare a questo standard di Dio e eh, eh, così eh, abbiamo, capiamo che il salario del peccato è la morte eh, capiamo che ci meritiamo l'inferno e così per pentirti veramente devi fare tre cose devi capire che tu sei un peccatore che ti meriti l'inferno e che non puoi essere salvato da solo e devi mettere la tua fiducia in Cristo perché Cristo era Dio, era perfetto è morto sulla croce al posto tuo e poi è risorto in tre giorni così che ha potuto eh, portare su di sé l'ira di Dio e il tuo peccato e può attraverso la sua morte e risurrezione donare a noi la perfezione con questo grande scambio dove ci prende su di sé il peccato e ci dà la perfezione tutto quello che dobbiamo fare è accettare questo dono Dobbiamo pentirci del nostro peccato e accettare Gesù Cristo come il nostro Salvatore. Tu lo puoi fare oggi in questo istante. So that was, a, that was a, you know, simple, simple Italian. But um, yeah, I mean, the gospel, you know, the word, the word evangelical comes from the word evangelion, which is, which is the gospel, which is good news. Uh, and the good news is that uh, you don't have to go to hell for your sin. Uh, that's the good news. There's God is holy. He's perfect. He's just. He's always existed and he's never sinned and he never will sin. Uh, and, and so his standard for entry into his holy presence is perfection. Jesus said, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And as somebody who's created in God's image, every time we sin, we, we lie about who God is. And therefore we, uh, we condemn ourselves before him. And so one day I, at the at the judgment you're going to stand before god and and you know we talked about roman catholicism and in roman catholicism and and every single religion on earth that's not evangelical christianity is that is that you you are believing that after having done works and ever after having done um whatever rules your religion has come up with that the god of the universe is going to have is going to have the, uh, he's going to look over your resume of what you've done. He's going to say, good job, Jordan. You've, you've made it to heaven. You, 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 you've done enough to, uh, to enter into this place. And th there is nothing more arrogant that I could believe than to believe that I, at 
through through the good things I've done that I've made God happy with me, that I've earned the right to enter into God's presence. Uh, and so, and so uh, it's not through, it's not through good works. It's in fact, when we compare ourselves to the standard that God determines that it takes to get into heaven, when we compare ourselves to that, we see that we fall short. In fact, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Uh, it says that uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. And if you look at your heart, if you look at your sin, if you look at what you've done, you know that you fall short. You know that you fall short. Um, if you if you don't look at just what you've done, but you also look at the thoughts and the intentions of your heart, as Jesus preached in Matthew 5, you see that even if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Even if you call your brother a bad name, you've committed murder in your heart. And God sees the intentions of your heart, and he doesn't like what he sees. And so a person has to understand that they're sinners. A person has to understand that they uh, that they deserve hell for their sin and that they cannot save themselves. And that's where Jesus comes in. This is why Jesus came. It's because you could not save yourself. That Jesus himself came to be a man. Uh, he, was, he was God eternal. He's always existed. Uh, and he made himself a man, fully man and fully God. And he lived a perfect life, the life you couldn't live, dying on the cross for our sins and then rising from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he defeated death. And he made it so that sinners like me and you could be saved in an instant, not through a process of many years, not through a process of trying to earn the favor of God, but through just accepting this gift that Jesus uh, offers us in, in exchange on the cross, where he takes your sin and it gets placed on him on the cross and he gives you his perfection. And all you have to do in an instant, you can do it now, all you have to do is Repent and believe. This is what the preachers preached. This is what Peter preached about. This is what John preached about. This is what all the preachers in the Bible preached about. They preach repent and believe. What's repentance? It's a change of mind. It's a change of mind about who you are and how you live, obviously, but it's even how you think. It's how you think about yourself, that you are these three things. You're a sinner, that you deserve hell, and that you can't save yourself through good works. You can't earn God's favor, and therefore you just have to accept Jesus Christ. You have to accept him as the perfect sacrifice in your place and uh, as the Lord of your life. And, and these are, um, this is the gospel. And, it, and it's a simple message that you can be saved now. It's not a message that says, do this, do that, do this, do that. And then maybe in a few years, you can earn the right to, to be called the son of God. No, um, salvation comes in an instant. You are adopted by the Lord in an instant and you become his child the moment that you repent and believe. And so I encourage everybody, you know, even if you're listening to this podcast and you go to a, a wonderful church like Belcroft um, or, or you stumbled upon this podcast somehow, uh, salvation is not something you earn. It's not something you get over uh, <clears throat> over many years of trying to be faithful, trying to go through the motions, uh, but only through repentance and trust in Jesus Christ. And so you can be saved today. You can be saved right now. So. Amen, brother. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, within whatever language that you say it in, it's uh, the, the truths of that is, is extremely clear. And uh, I appreciate uh, you going through that, man. 
Also, thank you for kind of taking some time out of your day uh, and 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 kind of giving us an update on the standards so we know uh, what we can pray for and, you know, how you all are doing uh, in the different time zone. And, uh, you know, maybe this will be, you know, maybe we do this once a year, just kind of get an update from you all and and talk to you all, man. So um, well, we're thankful, you know, it's 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 been a it's been a hard three years. Uh, for many different reasons in many different ways. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, it's gone by very fast. And so and sometimes I feel like I don't thank I don't thank people enough. And mm. so it's something I'm learning as an as a new young missionary. But uh, man, we are so thankful for uh, <clears throat> for Belcroft, for your for your love, for your obvious love for your missionaries, um, your support, your financial support. Uh, you know, these calendars, they're, they're so sweet. They're so kind. They're so thoughtful. Um, and, and, um, you know, the fact that you're doing this podcast shows me that you, you guys are a church that loves, loves um, <clears throat> your missionaries and cares for them. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go away from this. So thankful that I get to, I get to be in your calendar. I get to be part of uh, your church. I get to, um, be considered one of your missionaries it's it's a huge privilege and joy um and i look forward to visiting you guys when we come back uh, hopefully next summer uh if not a couple of years after that so um yeah that would be that would be pretty cool if you come during the summer we're actually at a camp in maryland okay. uh during the summer uh okay. we 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 get away from the comfort of the comfortable chairs in yeah. our sanctuary and we're actually out in camping chairs at Camp Wabana each okay. uh, summer. So uh it, it helps us to remember. Uh it, it's kind of like the the festival of booths where we're out in in God's nature and, and understanding, yeah. you know. How long did you guys do that for? The whole summer? Uh, yeah, yeah. We started actually in COVID. COVID actually was the thing that uh made us start that. So I think the first summer during COVID um we did it for a little longer than just the summer uh oh, wow. it was a it was a it felt like it felt like in the, it felt like we were there most of the year uh because oh, wow. we we really weren't supposed to be using our building and our elders didn't want to have two services because yeah. we were trying to you know do the spacing and right, you know right. we, we were trying to honor the government as much as possible uh right. but being at, at wabana it was just an open space is a lot easier a lot better yeah really so cool. Yeah, so now we do it every summer, um, okay. and it's just a reminder that the church isn't, you know, the building. The church is, you know, the people that are there, and no matter where we are, you know, we need to uh, bring glory to God. So it's just been great. So I would love for you all to be a part of that. Uh, you don't have to bring camping chairs. We, we'll have some chairs for okay. you all. So stuff <laughs> to carry them from Italy on the plane. <laughs> right, right, right. So thank yeah, you. but no, we'll have some, we'll have that all those accommodations for you, man. But thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us, man, and giving us an update on on the ministry that's happening out there. And uh, you. you know, look forward to you know seeing you all if you all uh, are happen to come through. Um, but yeah, just hear more, you know, from you all. You know, we we appreciate you all. Uh, we pray for you all, like I said, all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it, man. Thanks so much. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Thank you all for listening. Take care.
Hey, thank you for listening to the Truth Talks podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at the Truth Talks P1, via Instagram, the Truth Talks podcast, or you can email at the Truth Talks podcast at gmail.com. Please visit our website as well, bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Click on the Ministries tab and click Truth Talks Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. The Truth Talks Podcast is a ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church in Bowie, Maryland.